everybody and welcome to the EC Method. I am one of your coaches, Chloe Maidley. And I am your other coach, Emma Story Gordon. Our goal at the EC Method is to encourage, educate and empower you to get the results that you've always wanted. Listen to our weekly podcasts, go to our website, theecmethod.co.uk or simply follow us on Instagram to get more information. Oh, read the boob thing though, just quickly. So I couldn't get what I wanted without a prescription. So I just started using Sudocrem and it works. So I think I was being a bit OTT. (laughs) Okay, well, that's good for everyone today because they were probably worried about that. Moldy boobs. Guys, Sudocrem. Sudoboobs. It's like a... (laughs) Sudoboobs. It's very thick, isn't it? I reckon if I layered enough of it on, it would look like I was wearing a top. Yeah. <laughs> like, nipples. Yeah, I mean it's not. I mean, I don't feel great for James, but it's fine. My boobs are better, so that's the main thing. Um, so Amazon Mexico. Hola, Buenos dias, everyone. Or is it Buenos Noches? What does that what does that mean? <laughs> yeah, but it's night, it's 4 p.m. in the UK. Yeah, right. Yeah. It's still Diaz, I think. I think until. I wonder what time technically it's Anoche. Um, so Emma, tell everybody, how's Mexico so far? You've been there a full half a day. <laughs> yeah, well, we arrived last night, ate some tacos, went to bed. Amelia and I slept for a lot, a lot of time yesterday. Um, <laughs> yeah, we slept Good. like all night and then we got up, got, a, got the taxi here and then went to bed pretty soon after that. So yeah. Have you had any plantain? Plantain? Have you had any plantain? Yet? No, plantain. like we went off that. When what? Amelia got dengue fever, we stopped eating the plantain. Was it dengue fever in the end, or was it? I thought it was COVID in the end. No, it wasn't COVID. We diagnosed ourselves, but it fit all the criteria of dengue fever. Dengue fever is no fucking joke. It was no fucking joke, was it? It was no joke. I thought I was. It like, did. <laughs> Most what is my hair? What is happening? Most people end up in hospital with Becky. Yeah, I know. Luckily, like, she's a fully trained nurse. A lot of people have to fly home with Debbie. And Amelia basically was there doing lives with sunglasses on, powering through like an absolute. I was, I was like, look, we've got a live Amelia. Just sort your shout. Oh god, yeah, Emma's a workhorse. Like no fucking days off with Emma. Um, okay, so we're live. Do we have any questions to start yeah, with? Are you feeling I... sick on the last slide? Babe, it'll be fine. If you need to be sick, just do me a hand signal and just go and be sick. Fine. Was that for me or was that for a client? That was for you. No, no, I don't feel sick today. I mean, I do have a cold, but I don't feel sick. That's good. <laughs> Is that it? Um, we've got people saying, woohoo, made alive. Um... Oh, someone says, Buenas tardes. Tardes? Good afternoon. Yeah, afternoon. Uh, yeah. Okay, perfect. Um, after how long with minimal weight slash fat loss would you look to tweak calories? That's a good one to talk about today, actually. After how long with minimum weight? What does she mean? She means uh, how long without weight loss would you wait until you drop calories or increase? Well, first, yeah, it's a good question. First, we'd look at all your other 
metrics we'd look at you know where you started in terms of your measurements on your waist and for example your thigh or hip area uh, we would look at your week one photos and then, I mean, I would probably start asking for this by week four, your week four photos. And if we couldn't see any um, changes, and that would be for Emma and I to determine because we know what we're looking for. Um, if we couldn't see any changes, then we would talk to you not just about calories in, but we'd also talk to you about expenditure. You know, what is your step count? And then you would have options. You know, if, like I say, there's more options than just dropping calories. You know, there's loads of ways to increase your, your kind of... Um, your deficit. Emma, what do you think about that? <clears throat> yeah, I agree. I think the other things to consider are really being honest about adherence as well. And yeah. that's probably the biggest thing. Like when someone's like, oh, you know, I've not lost weight in two weeks. Should I drop my weight? Like, firstly, that's not long enough. But let's say, let's say it was like, let's say it's been four weeks. I've not lost weight. Should I drop my calories? You need to figure out the reason why you've not lost weight first, as in, have you actually been sticking to, I don't know, 1800 calories? Or are you saying, I've not been able to stick to 1800 calories. I've not lost weight. I think I'm going to drop my calories. That would, doesn't make any sense whatsoever. What we need to do then is look back and figure out why you're not able to stick to 1800 consistently over the week or whatever your calorie target is. The other thing that Chloe made a good point about is that it's not just dropping your calories. There are really, there's a much easier ways to do that. And there's much harder ways to do that. So even if we decide we do need to reduce the amount of energy you're taking in, i.e. drop your calories, doing that by making some sensible swaps with your food or maybe by even increasing food volume but lowering calorie density of certain foods or maybe even looking at meal timings for hunger etc cetera, etc cetera. there are so many ways to do this which will help adherence and without adherence you're not going to get results anyway so don't just think oh i'll just eat less because often that just makes you more hungry and then it's hard to get your diet so yeah if that is you come to us but we really what we really need is consistency for at the bare minimum three weeks I would say probably four uh yeah yeah, yeah and just two kind of Aggie <laughs> Aggie coach points on the off the back of that you'd be amazed at how many clients are like I haven't dropped I should drop my calories now and we say well okay let's just say in the last 20 days how many of these 20 days have you actually managed to execute everything and they're like, well, to be honest, I struggle at weekends, but I'm working really hard in the week and I drop my calories to try and make up for it. And, and you're like, no, no, no. OK, let's do a full week nailing everything, a full two weeks nailing everything. You'd be amazed at how you see the scale stock. Because don't, don't forget as well, let's say that if you're doing 1500 Monday through Friday and then you're coming up to, I don't know, what would that be? Three, five. Yeah. And then you're coming up to 3000 on the weekend, on the Saturday and Sunday. That is going to mess around with what your lowest weekly weigh-in is going to be because you're encouraging a fluctuation. Now it's great for behavior. If you need the week, if you need to bank that much for the weekends um, in order to stay on track and adhere, you are still gonna see the same fat loss over time. But are you gonna see more scale fluctuations? 100% yes. But as Emma said as well, like the amount of people who are like, I'm like 70% adherent. And it's like, okay, let's do a hundred and then we'll reassess. Like, and I hate to be like cocky about it, but it's obvious. Like it's obvious that that's probably the problem. Um, and the second thing I would say is I had this with a one-to-one -one client today, which ended up me, me doing a very ranty um, Q&A with them about hormones and hormonal fluctuations. She is literally five days before her period. And every single time she was telling me that the scales weren't moving and nothing was happening and oh my God, they'd gone up. And I went back to her like, no, 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 no. You're premenstrual, like estrogen, progesterone, everything's fucking around with you and your, and your basically fluid retention right now. Like 
relax. She'd come back and be like, okay, but should I, should I drop my calories? Okay, but should I increase my Okay, but, and I was like, no, listen, <laughs> this is not the week to be asking for changes. So bear that in mind. Yeah, I think we were just talking about that as well, actually, like you can come up with all of these theories behind why the scales might be fluctuating, but it really doesn't matter. And even like the, the reason that we talk about hormones impacting your weight is so that you can forget about that, not so you can do anything about it. We're not going to say, oh, do you know what? You might retain more water the week before your period. So do you know what? Don't drink any water or what some people seem to think that they should then drink more water and it's like you don't need to change anything you just need to accept that it happens not let it like ruin your mood or ruin your day and what the only way that that trips you up is how you respond to it so if you respond by saying i've dieted hard all week and the scales have gone up by two pounds the week before your period and then you think well screw it i'm not going to diet anymore like i put in all this effort and i'm not getting the result because i'm putting my whole uh success just on the scale weight that's obviously not going to be helpful for you or if on the other side you're like oh at this time of the month where actually I'm hungrier I'm more moody I've got period pains blah blah blah. I'm going to try and reduce my calories even more because I've not lost weight this week neither of those are going to go well so that's why we talk about the fact that your weight probably will fluctuate with your with changes in your hormones but it doesn't mean that you need to do anything about it in fact the only reason we really ever talk about the factors that influence your scale weight is so that you don't do anything about them. Yeah, it's for you, it's not yeah. for us. <laughs> okay, um, hi guys, not a question, more of a topic. I need the quote unquote patience chat. Looking at all the posts about these losses and I'm doing, uh, and whilst I'm doing well, 2.5 pounds so far, there's a devil on my shoulder saying, why aren't you losing more? You actually have to be kidding me. That's incredible weight loss in two weeks. Like we wouldn't actually be taking one day. Yeah. Jeez, we're on day 15, guys. Day 15. To have lost two and a half pounds is a significant amount of weight for day 15. Like, where are you hoping? What are you hoping to like chop a limb off? Because we can do that if you want. (laughs) Yeah. And the reason that some people have lost more is probably one, because they had more to lose or two, because of the composition of their diet beforehand which meant that Christmas we came in right off the back of Christmas yeah yeah like some people have and I've seen a few posts of like I've dropped eight pounds in two weeks and I'm really happy it's like yeah okay you're not going to drop eight pounds in the next two weeks because a lot of that was water retention due to Christmas or previous dieting whatever was in your previous diet the point is 2.5 pounds is freaking awesome she says she needs a bit of reassurance just to keep going and hitting the non-negotiables instead of panicking you don't need to panic at all you're doing incredible like that's it but babe also can I just you know this is a bit of a warning flag that you need to do some work because if you're looking for reassurance having lost two and a half pounds in 14 days what the hell is going to happen when you haven't lost any pounds in 14 days and that will happen because weight fat loss is not linear you're not going to lose week on week a pound a pound and a half it's not how it works you'll have weeks where you don't lose anything you'll have weeks where if you are due on you'll probably gain and then you'll have weeks where you have a big drop like, so you need to stop focusing on the scales, tick the non-negotiables. I would say for you, especially, it's quite clearly working. You've lost a significant amount in a short space of time. So if you need to step off the scales for a couple of weeks and just focus on ticking the boxes, do it, like do it. The, and I would say that applies to all of you. The only caveat to that would be, do not step back on the scales 
without reassessing where you are in your cycle. So if you've just come off your period, perfect. We have a, a straight two weeks of weigh-ins. And then as, as soon as you start to get to that week before you come back off again. Um, and, you know, that's the only other option other than like not weighing in every day. Emma and I do not want a weekly weigh-in from you. It's completely arbitrary. Um, but yeah, I think you all need to be doing some work on that. I, I will actually say, I don't think we've ever had a group that's this scale focused. I think it's uh, everyone perpetuates the problem. And, yeah. and you know what I will say, sometimes like I read, I think it was yesterday, someone had put something up and I was just like, you're doing everything right, don't worry. And they were like, that's it. All I needed was a little bit of reassurance. So we're like, we're always here for reassurance, but you guys should like, now that you have all of this knowledge, like you kind of should be able to reassure yourself that, yeah, okay. It's literally only been two weeks and yeah. that's really great weight loss. Yeah. Um, when it comes to patients, I've actually changed my mind on this a little bit like I think part of the problem is the thought that you need more patients and I think that comes from what most people view as dieting which is basically putting your life on hold for a finite period of time to do something that's over restrictive whereas if you just think of it as part of your life you don't need as much patience like you're not waiting to wear your bikini you're not waiting to apply for the job you're not waiting to be happy when you finally reach a certain goal weight and if you're not waiting for anything you don't need to be patient. You just start yeah. living your life. And as a byproduct, you're losing some fat as well. And I think to add to this, we really need to start focusing on the immediate rewards as well as the delayed reward. Because yeah, fat loss is a, is a delayed reward. You put the effort in now and at some point you will have the body composition that you want if you're putting your efforts in the right place. But there are also immediate results, uh, rewards to exercise, like the way that you feel after exercise or the, the energy that you have when you fuel your body well. Those are things that we need to really be focusing on because it's really hard to always be delaying reward instead of, and, and I always be focusing on putting the effort in now for the reward later when there, there are actually immediate rewards to these things. We're just not very good at listening to them. Yeah, I can't lie. When you first started that, I was like, where is she going with this? And then by the time you were halfway through, I was like, fucking A, what a revelation. What a wise revelation. Emma's complete. I couldn't, couldn't love that anymore if I tried, couldn't back it with the full weight of my being enough. Like, what are you waiting for? This is, this is, you're changing your life to get fit, to get healthy, to get happy, to get confident, to feel strong, all of these wonderful things. Like, just, get on with it, ride the wave, let it happen, feel like manifest that positivity. You're right, this constant thing of like, when is X gonna happen? And it could be anything, like, you know, doesn't have to be scale related, but when am I gonna get X? Like, that's exhausting. Like, what a way to rob all the joy of all of it and all the like self-gratification of this amazing thing that you're doing for yourself. I agree, I love that, Emma. Fucking the wise old owl strikes again. Thanks, babe. Um, it is weird the waiting for, for X because I think when, even when people ask the question, they know that there isn't a, like if you turn around and you were like, you'll reach your scale weight goal in 122 days, they'd be like, what? Like, and I, I think that people want like a ballpark figure. And I kind of like, I understand that. And you probably can estimate roughly. But people kind of still, like when you're asking those questions you kind of know that there isn't like an answer like when will I heal my relationship with food oh well it will take you exactly four weeks because that's how long the program I'm selling is like it doesn't work like that no I agree I agree and there's only there's very specific circumstances where I might say to a client like 
in the next eight weeks, let's aim to get you down to 90 kgs, right? And it will be very specific based on where they started, where they were at, and why am I saying it? There will always be a reason why I'm saying it to that client and not to every client. Like, you know, sometimes, you know, you really have to work with the behavior and the outlook of certain people. But as Emma is saying, completely right to be like, by day 122, you will have lost your weight X. It's like, I mean, what a horrible, horrible way to embark on this thing that's meant to be a wonderful change in your life and meant to be doing you all these positives, not only physiologically, but, but mentally as well. Um, I just love that. Okay, Sally, do you look at our weekly progress review forms that we email each week or are they just for our own reflection, just interested? We actually do, You on certain weeks, we will look through at common trends to see what people are struggling with and we can bring them in as topics for the podcast. But we don't like, basically they're meant to be quite private as well. So don't worry about like nothing in there would ever be shared. Yeah. And they're meant to be a self-reflection. But now and again, we will look through and just be like, huh, everyone's worried about X or this is a common theme that's coming up. Or maybe we should get someone on to talk about black because that's an area that people are worried about, that kind of thing. <clears throat> okay, Hannah. Strange. Oh, she says, hi, girls. Loving the plan so far and feeling very positive. Strange question, but just interested. How does fat scientifically leave the body? Um, through various ways I think most of it is converted isn't it and, and breathed exhaled yeah you technically um, breathe it out which is weird but you can also um, it can come out as urine and it can also come out as sweat um, I think that's about it isn't it it's carbon <laughs> I was going to say it's carbon dioxide that we breathe out isn't it yeah <laughs> I'm yeah Every single time I say that, my brain goes, or is it monoxide? And I'm like, no, don't confuse me. <laughs> but yeah, it gets converted and um, exhaled. Yeah. Carbon monoxide is like fire fumes, right? Like that's the thing that can kill you in your sleep. Yeah, but is that fire fumes? I know it's bad, but it's bad. I know my dad's walking around here because I can hear him singing and it's like really distracting me. <laughs> When he I'm so excited because I actually saw him on the TV yesterday first time. Oh, he's on TV. Yeah. Oh, he's here. It's carbon monoxide the fumes from a fire that you can like die from in your sleep. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Come okay. say hi to everyone. Thank you, Richard, for your input. On to the news. Hi. Surely you guys knew that. No, no, we were confused. Uh, we, I, <laughs> I said every time I go to say carbon dioxide is in what you exhale. Carbon dioxide is what you exhale. And then there's this little devil in my head. Carbon goes, monoxide. It's the fire fumes. Absolutely. And it's See? much more poisonous. Oh, there we go. Well, then. Only my daughter's stupidity. <laughs> I'm sorry, I, I was right. I just no. tripped myself up. I think it's the hormones. <laughs> okay, go. Bye. <laughs> okay, love you. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, ladies. <laughs> Classic. I'm on my period, just in case anyone's like, why is he talking about hormones? <laughs> oh, God. Right. Hey, ladies, finally caught live. I just thought I'd say thanks for your support the other day. I've had a word and stopped being a dickhead regarding panicking about fat loss prior to surgery. I'll be coming back to you to ask about a proper way forward during recovery without falling in the bucket. Perfect, Verity, very impressed with that mindset shift. 
Um, I love the name Verity as well, by the way. Very beautiful name, isn't it? Sarah, I'm loving the workouts just done leg day at the gym. Nice. Michelle, thanks, Chloe, for your advice around the gym weights. I continued to... I continued to do as I had done and you suggested to start at 80% and then build for the sets until I was very, until it was very hard to complete the whole reps. Thanks again. Oh, sure, guys. <laughs> you guys are so welcome. Okay, Carrie, my scales are lols right now, but already a good few inches down since January the 3rd, not around the waist, mind. Carrie's yeah yeah good work Carrie that's like that is no mean feat when you're with child when you're growing child can chan my scales laughed in the face today so I laughed back at them and got an 85 kilogram hip thrust pb then my period graced me um I'm oh. not the scales Thanks. you're in sync <laughs> um Carrie <laughs> scales completed them mate uh, Holly, I have definitely got the this is a lifestyle view this round, and you are so right. It actually feels like a lot of pressure off my shoulders. Love that. And it's so like once you get there, it feels so good. And I, I don't know often what the clicking point is. Sometimes it's time, sometimes it's reassurance, and just hearing the same message again and again and again in slightly different ways. But you will get there. And well done, Holly. There's just a lot of people saying, hi, hi, Richard. Hi, Dickie. Whoa, I feel like a superstar. Uh, sorry, I feel superstar struck. Uh, then someone saying, isn't monoxide also, also faulty boilers, etc. too? Yeah, I imagine. Yeah. yeah. It's a fumy, it's a fumy gas. <laughs> it's a gas, guys. You wouldn't understand them. Okay, moving on. Is that it? Yeah. Is that it with these inane questions? I'm joking. <laughs> Can you imagine if I was like, oh. I didn't actually have that one today. I was like, I find <laughs> menstrual cycle questions so boring. And I was like, don't be a dick. <laughs> Answer the question. Okay. <clears throat> Hang on. They are boring though, aren't they? Like, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> I told Emma, as soon as I hear someone be like, and in your luteal phase, I'm like... <laughs> <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> okay. Catherine. Hi. I, I really don't like my fitness pal. I've tried it many times before and I find it really hard to find food. It's often there in American cups, etc. I subscribed to Nutrijack a while ago, which I much prefer to use. Is that okay? Yes, that's fine. Any tracking app you like you like is fine. Just on that though, guys, you can change the measurement um like the metric from cups to other stuff not with everything but with most things so have a look down and see um okay liz ashworth hi emma and chloe this is my second round of ecm and i'm really excited to get started i don't feel like i achieved an awful lot in my first round due to not really being great at tracking my progress not really knowing what my overall goal was so i think i was just lacking the drive to get into it I'm 59 kg and five foot seven. Okay, that's little, that's lean. Um, so I'm already quite slim. I think my goal is to quote unquote tone up. I appreciate the quotation marks, thank you. And build some muscle. So potentially also lose some body fat from very specific areas. Would you recommend maintenance calories for me? 
or would this hamper my muscle building progress? I'm a bit scared of a surplus in calories as I really don't want to put on any more fat. Thank you. Emma, do you want to start with that? I would love to see progress photos. I want to be realistic that you can't choose where you lose body fat from. So if you're saying you want to choose, you want to lose from very specific areas, that might not be possible. Uh, and I want you to have realistic expectations. I'm glad that you've set yourself a bit of a goal because if you don't have direction, it's very hard to ever achieve anything. Um, yeah, I would never, I mean, unless you are very, very lean, I wouldn't push you into a surplus. Maybe err on the side of a surplus, but nothing like, nothing huge and nothing that would scare you or worry you or you should be scared or worried about. I agree. I would start a maintenance. I would really, if muscle building is really the goal, I would really nail your training, work really hard in your lifts, really you know mind to muscle connection really get into your training really get into your lifting it will make a difference nail your protein um if you know keeping on the slightly lower end of body fat or trying to i don't know <clears throat> change body composition over time is something a one be patient because you know i i, I you aren't the kind of client based on what you said where i put you in a deficit at all right now um be patient and it will likely change over time and I would say also make sure that you're really nailing your kind of neat targets. So your minimum steps per week um, <clears throat> and really commit to it. You know, it's fun. You know, a muscle building goal is great fun. And I typically when clients say things like, oh, I have some areas of body fat that I'd love to lose, but overall I'm pretty slim. And at five foot seven to 59 kgs, you are like, you'll, I, I know what that would look like. Um, and typically I wouldn't put um, clients like that in a deficit because the problem really is overall body composition. And the problem isn't that, you've got so much body fat that we can't see any of your muscle mass like it's it's more on the other side which i think you kind of instinctively know from your your comment it's more on the side of i need to actually change my body composition and start building so yeah cool okay there's one here from jenny how would you recommend moving off an old workout routine into your workouts when you've been doing the same program for a while when i started my current workout program which is a group uh, workout coaching style type thing I've never really done any exercise before this and it's got me loving exercise however I feel ready to go alone but I'm nervous just try it don't big it up to be a big deal like go and try the workouts I think you will manage way better than what you're expecting potentially and if you do end up with <laughs> right sorry if you do end up with like coming I like that then I think there's someone like shouting outside. After you were just like, it's so much quieter here. Yeah, it's definitely not quieter. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. Anyway, basically don't preempt this. If there is anything you're worried about or any struggles you do have, we are here to support you and we're here to ask any questions, but just start, just go and try it. Go into the gym and try it. I agree. I think a lot of the time it's this like, almost like hesitance or like laziness completely normal by the way I'm not calling you lazy I'm like oh I've just you know it's taken me it took me x amount of time to get into x workouts now I'm in the swing of them and I enjoy them actually you're going to be shocked so you go into the gym and you do one of the sessions you're quite clearly you're quite quickly sorry pick it up especially if you're used to training and then you'll probably get that like buzz to go in there and do it better and then go in there and do it better and then go in there and perfect it and actually I just think it's that initial thought of like oh I have changed this but once you do it you'll be like oh this is fun yeah agreed 
Uh, how long did it take you both before you saw real noticeable differences in your physique when you began weightlifting? Um, so I initially didn't see any changes because I didn't change my diet. I just was like, you know, lifting and having fun. Um, then after like, I think it must have been, must have been a couple of months. I was like, oh, actually I should probably change my diet, uh, which I did. And then I just looked really, really skinny. Like I went from being like curvy to skinny and it took at least two years, at least two years before I was like, oh, I have quads, you know, I, I have quite good quads. So they were obviously the first thing that came through. And then like, and then noticing I also have quite a muscly back. I think it was my boyfriend at the time, like it was in a bikini. He was like, holy shit, your back got muscly like on holiday. And then I was like, why don't I have shoulders? Like that was the bane of my life. And then I committed to building shoulders. And But yeah, I would say at, at best two years. Emma? Um, I think my background was a little bit different because like from being a teenager, I used to do athletics and then I was always kind of active. Uh, <laughs> when I rode and stuff like I was a lot bigger like I was definitely the more like mesomorphic moving on to endomorphic type body shape uh and then it was actually it's kind of the opposite of you actually because I spent years and years and years eating probably in a bit of a surplus and yeah. being extremely heavy with like strength conditioning programming and then decided to diet yeah it was like so the opposite way around but yeah I mean like I would say like five or six years building muscle and then did a diet. Mm. Yeah, I mean, there are certain muscles that I only saw, you know, in the in the, the grand scheme of the last nine years, much more recently. It's a never. That's the joy in it, and that's what we mean about like. Imagine if Emma and I'd been like, okay, if I don't look, you like, I have muscle mass by year two, I'm giving up. Oh my god, it's just so depressing. And yeah, yeah, and you have to love the process and. I mean, a good question to ask is like, if we said it was going to take twice as long as you expected, would you give up? Yeah. Does it even matter how long it's going to take? And if it's building muscle, that's your goal. Like it's going to take probably longer than what you expect. And I think maybe a good rule of thumb is like, you will massively overestimate what you can achieve in eight weeks and massively underestimate what you can achieve in like two years. Oh yeah. And probably the difference between people who do get incredible results in eight weeks like I probably did like I probably did and now I'm thinking like I remember finishing rowing one year and then doing like cutting out carbs from my diet because I knew nothing about dying and that was my way of fighting and I got pretty shredded and I'd say it probably took six to eight weeks so you can get incredible results in six to eight weeks but that wasn't where I got the results that was where like yeah. I revealed the results it was actually like five years of lifting heavy yeah yeah I it's and this is another thing, like exactly how we were just saying with that with that last time, really the kind of you know the five foot seven fifty nine kgs. Um, that a really huge mistake if that girl wants to tone up or increase muscle mass would be to put her in a deficit. Would be to start dieting her because all we would be doing is wasting time wasting time so you know this is when as well it's really important wasting time wait massively wasting time to well, put someone twice oh i don't know, right. I don't know. <laughs> but she but but it would just be a, such a stupid thing to do and i think this is when the, the client really has to work with the coach 
and be like, okay, because I promise you what would happen is you'd put you in a deficit, you'd end up looking skinnier than you already looked with less muscle mass. And then you'd be like, oh, I'm kind of basically where I started, but just a little bit smaller. And then we'd have to be like, okay, well, that was a fun way to spend eight, 12, 16 weeks of your life. Now let's go get onto the real goal. When <clears throat> actually, especially, you know, and, and this applies on, sorry, depends on everybody's starting point. You know, we can we can probably get you where you want to go without, well, you know what? It's a, yeah, but it will be a waste of time. <laughs> It's my point. <laughs> Good, point Good argument there. What I, I just want to um, bring this up because someone in the group commented about how they put on a little bit more than they wanted to over Christmas. So then they're at a maintenance slash hypertrophy goal at the moment. Um, so they're at maintenance that may be in a little bit of a surplus, but over Christmas they put on a little bit. So they dieted for, you know, they've cut back for what's it been, three weeks. They're like, is that a complete waste of time? Have I done loads of my hypertrophy progress? No, not at all. But don't yo-yo like that all the time. But if it happens now and again, it's completely normal, completely fine. If you look at, like, we still think of such small time frames, like, okay, three weeks of eating a little bit less. You probably weren't in that much of a deficit anyway. It's just you weren't overeating like you were at Christmas. That's why the weight has, like, gone down and then normalized. But that in like a hypertrophy phase, kind of normal. I mean, you could have called it a mini cup to stimulate like muscle grit. Like you can make up all some kind of theory for it. And Chloe's point is that you don't want to be dieting when you haven't even built, you know, any muscle mass, if like optimizing body composition is your goal or you have a certain look that you want to go for. Exactly. There is more to life and there is more to a physique goal than just being in a calorie deficit. Like, and that's why I don't like it when, that's kind of when we talk about body composition specifically so many coaches just bang that calorie deficit drama I'm like there's so much more to take into consideration that like, no there's not it's just a calorie deficit no it's not like stop it just yeah it's especially, not, it's especially not for women as well like if you that my pet hate I think is the whole abs made in the kitchen and like you can buy <laughs> it as much as you want if you've not built any muscle you're not gonna have like lean abs oh yeah mm. someone said this on the on the group the other night and it was like um basically how do i get abs and i was just like well training genetics time patience hard work and potentially a deficit like it, there's so many factors that go into it the idea everyone's like if you diet enough you'll see your abs fucking nonsense there's nothing there to see. What are you going to see? You're going to see a bit of rib and a bit of a flat stomach, and that's it. Like, what? Everybody has abs. No, absolute nonsense. Not, not everyone has, like, I mean, you can, <laughs> like, yeah, technically, everyone. You all have muscles. Yeah, but it's like, no, has not too, but it doesn't mean that if yeah. you diet, you're going to have fucking. <laughs> like, and we all have abs. It's just whether or not we have low enough body fat to see them. That's just a crock of shit. Like, no, it's not. There's a lot more that goes into whether or not you have visible abs. And I said this before, and I think I either said it on the EC method or I said it on, on an Instagram post. You see professional bodybuilders at the highest level, and some of them have these like bulky abs, like amazing abs, like Emma, incredible abs. You see other bodybuilders who've been doing it just as long, who are just as well trained, just as well conditioned, who don't have abs, who actually really have a linear alba and maybe a bit of a bleak, and that's it. And a lot of it is also genetic. Like, so all things to think about. Agreed. Okay, Holly, 
gym plan, conventional deadlifts. Why am I feeling so much in my lower back? I'm pretty sure my form is okay, but is that suggesting otherwise? Where should I feel it most? If it's pain in your lower back, it's probably a form problem, even if you think your form is okay. Um, if it's like you feel the muscles in your lower back working, it's probably not a problem, but I'm imagining you're saying it's painful, which means that it's unlikely that you're lifting with correct technique. I would mm -hmm. say. I, mm, I think it's a form problem. Yeah, I do. And it, it just it just indicates that your back isn't straight. It's not it's not in the right positional angle that it should be in. A lot of the time I find that with sumo deadlifts, people get it because you do, you are required to have a different angle and different positioning of, of, of the back. And you can find that your lower back might take a bit of a hit from it. And that's quite normal on a traditional deadlift at, at, or any hip hinge exercise. So if you're doing RDLs, no, it shouldn't be. You shouldn't feel it in your lower back. Mm yeah and that, that's what i think but i'm i mean emma you've had a you've had a dippy back for a while do is it something that you felt even when your form was banging that you uh, felt yeah i mean i don't want to blow my own trumpet but like i was a, i think partly because i've always had back problems like i was really good with my form and i was really fortunate to be like taught by very good uh, strength and conditioning coaches but I can even see now looking back at like really old videos of me lifting that there's like a slight it's not actually necessarily bad like it's not bad form but it's like there's, there's no control but it's yeah. not the normal place where you would see that it's like look well it's basically exactly where my herniated disc is surprisingly enough but yeah basically I would get it checked and if you are worried post the video up and we can have a look at your form yeah Okay, hi, do you guys have any tips to combat, combat overeating? Uh, find that snacking is tricky for me, especially when working from home, thanks. Um, okay, my advice would be stop snacking, eat a meal every three to four hours, and that's literally it. Yeah, same. Um, it sounds like border, if it's to do with working from home, it's normally border meeting. Yeah. which means you know if you can stop working in the kitchen stop working around food uh and find other things to do as well if you're like yeah but I've got my such and such a break okay well can you go out for a 10 minute walk and get your steps in on that break and set or yeah. can you do something that's like quick and easy I don't know just have a plan don't just hope that things are going to fall into place and stick to that plan and, and it's probably a lot of it is habit routine and actually if you're just a bit strict with yourself for, for a week or two you'll find it much easier this is I mean how to combat overeating is a huge question the first question we would ask back is we need to now figure out why you're overeating because if you're overeating because you're hungry that's going to have a very different solution to if you're overeating because you're bored or because you're emotional or because it sounds to me like because it's just there which means that you either need to change your environment if you still need to work in the kitchen or, you know, close to that environment, like maybe, I don't know, making sure everything is tidied away and out of sight when you are working in, and just have like rules around this is my lunchtime. I think that's something that a lot of people have struggled with working from home is that it, it's like it's too flexible and there's no structure. <coughs> like give yourself a structured lunchtime. And you know what, if you're like, yeah, but sometimes it has to move for calls and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I totally get that. Like work life has changed a lot, but 
you can schedule that in at the start of your day. Okay, I know I have calls until then. I know I then have a 45 minute break. That's when my lunch is. Like Chloe and I do this every single day. Like it's not like once you sit down and do it, take five minutes at the start of your day to be like, when will I have my meals today? And what am I going to have? Just a bit of structure is really, really, really useful. Yeah. I remember in lockdown, it was like such a thing that you know, it became so extreme that you kind of have to tackle that extremeness with extremeness. So a lot of the time I would be like, set your alarm every three hours. You don't eat till your alarm goes off. Now, I'm a normal person in a normal day. That's a bit of an extreme coaching tip, tactic, tactic. But um, but at that point in time, it was really helpful advice. And, and you know, you don't need to do that. But if you start to think of it like that, that's good. You don't need to be snacking and grazing all day. It's not good for you, digestively speaking, either. It's just pointless. I also think that, like, sometimes that extreme, and you're right, that would be an extreme to do every single day for the rest of your life. Like, always have an alarm of when you're going to eat. But actually, to get you out of a place where you're constantly grazing, like, you know, it can, it's a method to use to get you to another point. And, I, like, often tracking is that for people as well. Like, do you need to track every single thing that you put in your mouth for the rest of your life? Of course not, but it's still a useful tool to use at certain times. So it doesn't mean that if you're doing it now, you have to do it forever. But if that's what you're struggling with at the moment, I would say it's very good advice. I agree. Okay, Tajal. Hi, beautiful girls. That's us. Uh <laughs> How do you know if you're building muscle? If measurements stay pretty much the same or go even go down slightly, but weight goes up by a few pounds? Question mark, question mark, question mark. My back muscles have been developing so hard. Uh, oh, my back muscles have been developing so hard to tell. I've been training on and off for a few years, but consistently four times a week for over a year. I assume body fat scales are as good as my eight ball. <laughs> yes, you're right about body fat scales. Um, the best, the best thing to look at here is progress in your lifts. Mm. Like strength isn't exactly the same as building muscle, but they're very highly correlated. And after you know, you're a relatively experienced lifter now. If you've been training four times a week for well over a year, then we could pretty much say, you know, if you if you can lap pull down more than you could, then it's very likely that you've built muscle. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Nothing to add. Okay. Uh, Michelle, is it a myth when they say if you lift heavy as a woman, you'll look like a Russian shot putter? I mean, no offense to Russians or shot putters. I like... This, I can't begin to tell you how angry this even makes me. Not you, client. Just that, just that whole theory. There's a reason why. Let's just take the Ruskies out of this for a second. But there's a reason why shot pussies look like shot pussies. And it's one, because they train for power, which is a very, very specific training protocol. And two, it's because of their genetics. And the two are working hand in hand together. So unless you were born to look like, you know, a female shot putting powerhouse of amazingness you're not probably never going to look like that and if you were to try and look like that without having been born look like that you would really have to put in the years of training that it would take so yes it's complete nonsense look at emma this diddy thing with like mega muscle mass and you know if i could be bothered to lose some body fat you know i'd get i'd probably go, go down to like a i'm often mistaken for a shot putter yeah, I mean, yeah, like I'd probably go down to being a size eight with some nice, you know, 
tone just you know for for everybody's imagination um to me and I've been lifting heavy fucking weights you know like Tajal said in the gym three to four days a week for nine years now it was just utter bollocks yeah also with things like shot put as well like weight moves weight so it's useful yeah. to be a bit heavier I also like this is just a theory that I've heard don't quote me on it but I think some of them might take anabolic steroids <laughs> especially if they're from russia oh <laughs> right okay so that's not true uh holly so friday's full body doms have only just settled so i think you are right and it's form oh sorry this is back to the deadlifts mm-hmm. um i will be even more mindful i just don't feel my legs that much from it at all send us a video that would be great into in a conventional deadlift yeah yeah, you might not. You, you know, you might, you might, you might lats, probably. Yeah, mm. it might be a back dominant lift for you, and I don't mean painful lower back. But it might be a back dominant. It's for a lot of people. Like I don't feel RDLs in my glutes like a lot of people do. I, it's for me a straight up hamstring exercise. But James, like, can't fucking do an RDL without being like, oh my glutes. I'm like, what are you doing that I'm not doing? <laughs> yeah, I yeah, I agree. And when I used to do more body part split, I would do deadlifts on a back day, not a leg day. And I do it. Yeah, yeah. I do stuff on a leg day. Exactly. Like, um, you see Andy's post today talking about like how he loves a bro split. And I was like, I love a bro split too. And everyone's always like, it's so out of style. I'm like, but I love it. <laughs> Andy's workouts are so bro. And oh, cool. But also like people, I think generally for... I would say our client base and that like I would include us in that and like Andy who's in a very experienced lifter as well and Amelia as well like we could get away with doing various you know like push pull legs three times full body a blood like a bro split of mixing up body parts and I doubt you would see much difference yeah agreed agreed or like a lot of it I think is kind of preference okay where are we uh, Emily, hi ladies. Hopefully, an easy question. When going through the workout, should you do one of each exercise as a set, and then one of each of set two, and then, or do three rounds of one exercise and then move on? That will all be explained. On that. So if it's you know if it doesn't say superset or giant set, or it's not one of Chloe's new and is not detailed in the notes then it's just like three straight sets of push-ups or whatever it is with break in between but that is really simple on the app um and these questions are way but if you're still confused just screenshot into the group and we will direct you yeah any workout questions guys please don't ask them in the live tag us it's probably the most boring podcast ever we're like oh, guys so if it says set because it makes no difference to people but and anyway. a lot of the time we have to go and look at the well like emma and i don't haven't committed every workout we've ever written to memory we have to go look at them so yeah yeah okay natalie not a question but thank you so much for changing my life already i can't believe how full i feel this is absolutely unheard of for me love your positivity thank you for everything oh love that uh holly ah the relief of hearing you say that chloe yes pull day i am all back i will also do a video on the next full body day thanks okay sweet tab okay we're, we're up to date my love 
one sec. Okay, hang on, I just did that. Kirsty Monroe. I'm a fitness instructor and I'm currently teaching 15 classes a week, which include four body pumps, two body combat, three spin, three hit, two cardio combat, and one conditioning workout. Could you advise what to do with regard to my calories, please? Currently sitting at 65 kg. My goal is to build more lean muscle by fitting in more resistance training workouts for myself, but I obviously don't want to burn myself out thanks in advance okay it's tricky when you are doing that much activity and you have a muscle building goal but it's not impossible what i would say is um Kirsty, i would really like to see your actual workout week and what i would say is let's say that your workout week is a I don't, well let's say you have two days off a week i'd like to see you going into the gym and doing two full bodies on those off days um, your calories are obviously going to have to be higher if you're doing that much activity and you have a muscle building goal. So I would probably start you anywhere in the region of 2000 to 2500 and see how we got on. Obviously, we don't want you gaining loads of body fat. Nobody wants that. But we do want to make sure that you're not losing and going the other way. Um, and then I would say we need to pick a third day a week, preferably when you have a much more cardio focused class. So for example, you say you do three spin. So let's just say on a day that you have a spin and a hit, um, making sure that you're very well fueled after you've done those workouts and then do another full body. Um, and that's that would be my advice to you. Emma, what do you think? Nothing to add. I think like the main thing here is fueling it. Like if you have no choice that you're doing that much activity, you need to make sure that you're fueling that amount of activity and make sure you're sleeping as well and that you're resting in between that. And yeah. if you're also thinking, oh, and I'll do my 10,000 steps on, proper, on top of that, maybe you shouldn't do that. Like, no. it, especially if you're not, I don't know, wearing your watch during, doesn't count for spin and it doesn't count for the classes because you don't wear it or, you know, whatever. Like, be kind of sensible with that. If I wouldn't go out of your way to get extra steps in if your activity levels are already so high yeah. um, and muscle building is your goal. Yeah, I would say I walk Bertie every day for 45 minutes. And in that whole day period, I will definitely hit anywhere between 10 to 12,000. Let's say if I'm not doing anything else, like a big food shop or a house clean or whatever. Like if it's just like a normal day where I walk him. That's where I am. If I were to replace that 45 minute walk with a 45 minute vigorous spin, fair enough. Like, like that's a really not, like, nice swap. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, keep that in mind. Uh, Fiona Karras, is it Karras? Are you Welsh? Okay, round four, maybe five for me, <laughs> lol. But with the added twist of pregnancy this time. Ah, congratulations. Oh. How lovely. I absolutely lost myself and I gained a lot of weight in previous pregnancies and I'm desperate to avoid that happening this time around. I should still be in a fat loss phase but I'm conscious that I might need to focus on being in maintenance for now. What adjustments should I be making to my calories, nutrition, workouts, progressive overload, etc.? I'll be doing push-pull legs at the gym plus steps for as long as I can. Okay, Fiona, really normal that in previous pregnancies you gain loads of weight, um, given that, yeah, <laughs> going to be those certain points where you would be ravenous and certain points where the only thing you can do to stop yourself vomiting would be to eat. Um, and usually eat, you know, 
<laughs> not, not the best options of food. Um, so that's really, really normal. When you do feel capable, I know that a lot of women say that the second trimester specifically is like the honeymoon phase of pregnancy. I know that's not for everyone, but it is for the majority um, of pregnancies. That's when you can kind of pull it back a bit because um, you're feeling a lot more normal. And I think if you are at that point now would probably be the time if you do have body fat to lose that you could enter a very slight deficit. Um, and that would be healthy um, if you're saying that you really should be in a fat loss phase right now, but you're not. Um, that would be perfectly healthy. And you can also have days at maintenance if you like as well. You could do a bit of both. Um, that would be that would be my advice to you. Whatever your normal deficit would be, just add a couple hundred calories onto that and that will be your kind of pregnancy deficit. Um, in terms of your workouts, um, you can keep work out much like you were before. Progressive overload, big no-no. No progression of any kind. Don't try to get fitter. Don't try and you know, hit your best PB you've ever done on a squat. Like just try and maintain, like that's a good area to maintain is in the gym. Um, and yeah, try and get out and get those walks and those steps in, which will be great. Um, Emma, what your, who is it? Oh God, her name's just completely escaped my head. Your friend who's Jonah. pregnant. Yes, Shona. What would her, I know you often channel her with these questions. What would her um, thoughts I think generally a good for exercise a good thing to think about is more being like seven or eight out of ten as opposed to like ten out yeah. of training um and I would just take the pressure off fat loss <laughs> like eat well fuel yourself as we know like there can be phases where you feel really sick there can be phases where you're more hungry than normal I think now is a really bad time to be putting pressure on a fat loss goal so I would take that off and do what you can and obviously we will be here to support you throughout i don't know what i've got i wouldn't have got <laughs> sorry my dad oh, we weren't laughing at that we were laughing at something else okay what happened um i was just giving some really great pregnancy advice that you missed oh shit do you want to fill me in <laughs> do i need to hear it no. No, it's fine. <laughs> okay. No, it's fucking dull. No, I'm joking. <laughs> okay. Oh, anything on the live? No, we're good. Emma Bryson. Have any relate how's your back? Just standing, just to Yeah, do you angle the camera up? Oh, we're basically done now. We'll do this last question. Um, Emma Bryson. I'm also a newbie and I'm very excited. Love it. For the ease of meal prep and setting a good example, my one-year-old eats the same as us. Love that. For her, we obviously use the full fat milk, yogurts, cheeses, etc. I'm assuming that as long as I track this and adjust my portion sizes accordingly, that this is still okay to eat. Uh, even if my portion sizes might be slightly smaller thank you guys absolutely fine you know there's a lot of argument let's take calories out of it going for the full fat whammy will probably be more nutritious in many perspectives from many ways um so yeah absolutely fine uh, the only reason why we might suggest that you make a full fat swap is to hit calories so if you're still hitting calories we're more than happy um so yeah um yeah, I agree. Some people actually say they feel more satiated on higher fat, even though the portion size would have to be smaller. It's not something that I personally find, but a lot of people do find that they're actually more satiated with a slightly higher fat diet. But yeah, you're absolutely right. 
that sounds like a perfect approach. And I love that you all eat together. I think that's really important. Yeah, I agree. There is a reason why, Amelia will probably know that. I swear I've heard this before. There is a reason why you might feel more satiated on a higher fat diet. And it's some, isn't it something to do with the way your body metabolizes fat? But I don't know what it is. I've definitely heard this before though. I don't think so. No? Uh, I mean, you could, yeah. So I, I guess one claim, I mean, the first claim is there's more calories than high fat foods. Yeah, <laughs> that'll do and it. The, the second point is like, yeah, it will slow gastric emptying. So it'll slow digestion yeah. slightly. That's it. That's so, the I guess like, so will food volume, but that would be the same for everyone. But you do find, I mean, low carb diets are quite a good example of this. Like some people yeah. find... In fact, I think generally most people find that they're more satiated on a low carb, high fat diet. And, and this is one reason why certain people at least claim that they find keto easier because they're like, I'm not even hungry on it. But it's like, yeah, that's because all of your food's really, really high in fat and a little bit gross to eat that much fat, but each their own. I have, this is a really common myth that I hear all the time with like new, new, new clients. You're like, I just don't feel full on quote unquote healthy food. Like I would much rather have a big bowl of pasta than a salad. And I'm like, well, actually <laughs> I hate to bust your bubble, but <laughs> it's a really common myth. Like, and it's just really ill-informed. Um, okay, so we're done. Emma's got a bad back. She's been sat here for an hour. So we're gonna let her go. And uh, I guess we'll see you all on Friday. Yes, we will. At same time Friday. Yeah, 4 p.m. Friday.